0: Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. A fine, balsamic Wednesday to you and yours. I'm Jeff, that's Tom. Director Matthew in the house as well. You are you and you are here with us. And for that, I am thankful. Thank you. It's good to be with you. How you guys doing? Everybody all right? Everybody hanging in? Midweek, I always kind of ask the question, are we, are we recharged yet? I don't think so. I think there's a lingering uh, tiredness, uh, but not, not in a bad way. It's a good way. It's a good way. But you've got you to gotta refocus, Tom. You can't be stuck in the rear view. Well,
1: Notre, I'm not half-stepping.
0: Notre Dame is, is, is in the rear view, buddy. It's time to move on to Jacksonville
1: State. Now The only thing that's going on is just kind of the fog of the short week because we're so accustomed to college football being on Saturday. I couldn't tell you this morning if it was Tuesday, Thursday, or Wednesday. Well, it's Wednesday, buddy. Yeah, I know. It is. It's Balls McWenzy.
0: Balls McWednesday, Resoundingly so, it is Wednesday. And, uh, you know, I'm having fun both obviously covering this team and, and talking about what this season is uh, looking like and shaping up to be and the climb and all that. But uh, the other stuff that we're doing with my friends at War Chant and uh, College Sports Book. It gives me the opportunity to talk to uh, people in markets all over the country and, uh, and and preview their games as well. And so I think in many ways I'm discovering this year, and it's going to be good. I think it'll help the Jeff Cameron Show quite a bit. Just gaining perspective, like I did a preview today with a guy from uh, War Chance equivalent there for the Iowa Hawkeyes. It's a Hawkeye uh, Hawkeye
1: report. and um, You're doing a report on the Cyhawk game.
0: I am doing a report on the Cyhawk game. I got the Iowa State guy tomorrow. And I've done Ohio State, Oregon this week, uh, Pitt Tennessee, Arkansas, and Texas. Um, we had Anwar on from Texas uh, from from Orange Bloods. he was great, so you know you just you, you get a chance to kind of go market to market team to team conference to conference and and dip your toes in the waters ever so briefly in doing these game previews for college sports book, but it's fun because I then can juxtapose uh, where we're at in the process of uh, rebuilding and getting back to where we want to be. I'll enter into the realm where a team is firmly established and their outset, their mindset is very different about uh, what's at stake each week and what they're trying to achieve. And then there are still others even further behind or as desperate. Uh, For example, I think Texas is very much in a similar process as Florida State is where uh, the name on, on on the jersey says we should be great, but we haven't been in some time. And, and you know, when you bring in different people to try to get back to what the standard is, uh, it's, it's very similar looking. And that's what Texas is doing St- in first year, obviously, and they got off to a good start. But it's, um, it's fun because it just, again, it gives you a more grounded and well-rounded, I think, approach to covering where Florida State's at, just getting the sense of where those other schools are at as well. So I'm having fun with that. I just want to. Throw that out there. That's neither here nor there, but it's a lot of fun.
1: I can tell you this morning for a project I'm doing on Warchant.com, the home site, uh, I I took a second, actually probably now a third look, at Florida State and Notre Dame. Some of the offensive things that were left out there on the field, I don't know how Jordan didn't see the first two plays specifically. The first one's a screen. Which gets blown up. Right, well, and it should If if it's on time, we're good. Uh, Corbin actually maybe turned around a little late, but not late enough that you had a loss of five on the play. Correct. And then the illegal man downfield, which was the throw up the left sidelines on second fifteen, second and fifteen, was actually a designed shovel pass. And I'm not going to say like Jimbo, that's a touchdown if he just simply does it, but it's a big play. They were ready to go. And then there are like seven other instances, not of Jordan necessarily missing a play, but this close. That offense schemed up a lot of yards and a lot were left out on the field. Uh, by different players at different times. But I was thoroughly impressed going back and having a few days to let the emotions die down, take a look at what we had schemed up against Notre Dame. I was thoroughly impressed with the uh, some of the stuff that they called. Keep in
0: mind, we never felt a year ago like they were lacking in that area, certainly not to start a game, certainly not to start a game. But if you think about the play-calling acumen and the coaching acumen uh, that allowed for many of these individuals to arrive here in Tallahassee, in particular the head coach, um, then you'll you know, quickly go back and look at what Mike Norvell was at Memphis. And uh, nothing if not well-prepared and uh, capable of putting up big numbers offensively week in and week out, even when they were the lesser than. So I think most of our fan base is less concerned on the whole about the long-term prospects of, say, something like play-calling or scheme going into a game and far more concerned about a couple of other elements of this team. Uh, the offensive line being one of them, the quarterback as to who's playing the vast majority of the snaps will be debated because that's what every fan base does with really every quarterback who's not a first round draft pick. You know, that's just kind of, that that's always going to be the case. But in this case, you have a guy who's definitely not a first round draft pick and maybe shouldn't be starting. Um, Possibly being supplanted with a guy who, when healthy, was a really good college quarterback, but there is that other element, which is how healthy is he? He practiced today, i tell you that, and uh, that's real good news. Uh, he ran uh, you know, the bulk of the offense in the two-minute drill, and so I find that fascinating. And uh, I do think for the foreseeable future, because of question marks surrounding health and offensive line, you're going to end up needing both guys. I, I think the bottom line is you're going to need both guys. And how they implement that is intriguing and worth discussing and watching each week to see what's the game plan. How, how do they make this work? Uh, ultimately, I would tell you that I believe the way much of the fan base does, that if McKenzie Milton were 100% go every week and could practice and was healthy and wasn't having any issues, uh, was not having issues with the the foot or the leg or anything else, that he would be the starting quarterback. I don't think there would be much question about it. Now, Jordan Travis would play in some capacity. Uh, There would be a change-up occasionally, I suppose, and then also you would have a guy that you want on the field as a playmaker because he is with the ball in his football, the football in his hands, I should say. So, yeah, I mean, you're going to see both guys, though.
1: Yeah, there's a two play sequence. Uh, it's the Ja'Kai Douglas touchdown pass is the second play in the sequence, but just before that, Jordan's got an opportunity with leverage to get the ball out in the flat on a screen. I think it's Toafili who is the you know who would have been the receiver on that play, but they had the leverage for the block, for the blocks up the sidelines for that to be a huge play. And I could see where on film the staff might say, "Oh my God, you got to be kidding me!" But then the next play, you make a perfect throw, the best of his career here, probably to Ja'Kai Douglas up the sidelines, where he manipulates the safety with his eyes, waits, and then triggers and fires down the left sideline, and it's a perfect strike. That's what drives you nuts. Then the Parchment touchdown, for example.
0: Well, yeah, he had to freelance The play there. call
1: is completely blown. There is nothing That's there. a
0: busted play, and he comes back against the grain after, you know, uh, avoiding the rush. And then, you know, he threw, he, obviously it was good of Parchment to come back to the ball. Right. I mean, him. if
1: you're Marcus Freeman reviewing the table, are you kidding me? I'm, I mean, yeah, marked everybody yeah. did everything right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but th- those that's are what drives you nuts. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that the dropback passing game exists with Jordan as he's currently constructed. It just doesn't. I, you can design a shot play, which is the Ja'Kai Douglas play. It's a shot play, but that's also born out of that defense creeping up because they, yeah, pick, you know, it's a single high. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pick your poison. Yeah, 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 let's go. You know, and they, they, they designed a shot play for him and it worked. And now he has to hit it and he did. And you know, the biggest thing about something like that, you get to do that one time. You got to execute it. You get to do that one time. Now everybody's alerted to the fact that that's a possibility. Uh, It doesn't go off uh, without a hitch uh, moving forward. So you got to connect. And they did. That's good. There were a lot of moments where you have to was the start of a sentence in this game. You have to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that you can stop the run. All right, then. Check. Florida State showed they could stop the run. They were committed to it, and that front four wasn't having it. That was a big deal. Uh, you got to get guys on the ground on third down and get off the field in big moments if you're trying to make a comeback as as large as Florida State's was down 18. And they did it time and again. You know, Notre Dame's goal of playing soft and running clock and getting the ball back and running the football, nay-nay, not having it. Couldn't get first down, so we got the ball back. A lot of you have two moments in this game, and they passed a lot of them. It gets lost. Because we, we focus on a couple of they failed to uh, sentences as well. And, you know, I think I, I'll tell you one of the biggest ones, and I know that nobody can abide by this, and I'm with you on this. And this is not coaching, this is they've got to figure something out. I don't know what you do, but I would just tell you that anybody, anywhere, any league, including high school or peewee football, is not going to you know, stand for not being able to snap the ball. And this is now a prominent issue uh, here at Florida State. I don't know where this came from or how it's even possible. I never played center. I do not know how difficult it is to do. I just know that a lot of people do it really well all around the country, snapping the ball. You just look around everywhere else, they get somehow they're able to do it. We
1: even had a couple long snaps that were a little bit of an issue. I mean,
0: not this, it was damn three it, different players. Man, that can't happen. So it's irrelevant whether I understand the complexities of a snap or not. I just know that other teams all around the country find a guy who can rather easily. This is not an issue anywhere else that I see.
1: Do we need to put Jordan Love about a step back off the left (laughs) hip of the center so he can two-hand snap it and we've got somebody there and we shade the protections? Because if that's what we need to do, then so be it. So be it. It needs to be cleaned up. Yeah. I, I, you just, they yeah. are drive killers in a way. Like, in a special way. Penalties are drive killers, but it's a little bit more passive. You're like, you know, there's a play and then there's a 10-yard hold. You're pissed off about it, but you're like, ah, it's football. It's not
0: football if you can't snap it. You know, I would really be – it would be confounding to me if you're Coach Adkins or Mike Norvell or anybody else, Kenny Dillingham, who I love to listen to talk football. He is – you can see why so many people in the industry think he'll be a head coach. Um, you know, he he, his passion, his knowledge, his acumen for the game. Uh, You talk about scheming it up, like you've talked about before. Yeah, man, he's that guy's got uh, he's upwardly mobile. But you know, your best laid plans, as they say, if you can't snap the ball, and nobody you know it's not like that it's not taught it's not for a lack of effort it's not because you're ignoring a critical aspect of your game you know a lot of times you see a team that plays poorly on special teams and you're like hmm what about the culture and the coaching staff here i mean they really struggle on special teams and every coach i know takes great pride in special teams
1: my god they can't even get 11 guys on the field consistently
0: right right like that mm-hmm. like that kind of stuff raises an eyebrow about the leadership and the culture of a program, right? So if you saw that, if you saw special teams' breakdowns, not having enough guys on the field, guys not knowing when to be out there, the wrong personnel, lack of attention to detail within special teams, you'd you'd get very concerned about the larger picture. But this isn't that. This is just a weird calamity of errors, a confluence of events, uh, an, an oddity. I mean, so, a lot of guys in this group played some center in high school, if not exclusively. What the hell, man?
1: I don't know. I remember years ago. This is not giving up trade secrets about fall camp, so the coaches don't have to worry about this. But I remember years ago when Babyon signed, and they, you know, he was rated, I think it was by rivals, as the number one center in the country, whoever it was, number one center. Got here a couple of years go by. Red shirt. I mean, he's an offensive lineman. You got to give him time to get up to speed, get their body in a mature place where they can handle, you know, Division One defensive linemen. Isn't he supposed to be a center? I asked another member of the media. He can't snap the ball. What? Mm-hmm. Well, how are you a center? Yeah, how are you? It doesn't Senate make any damn sense. Yeah,
0: Eddie, I'm not sure what this question means. Let's see what Dillingham does the next four weeks against garbage defenses. Jeff, keep an eye on this. We're done with the excuses. What excuses? what excuses for Dillingham and the offense the offense
1: I don't know we out rushed Notre Dame by 200 yards and
0: yeah and dropped 38 points on him
1: there are expectations on this offense maybe let's find a way out of that question towards a point which would be aren't there expectations for this offense now against these uh lesser yeah, than Notre yeah. Dame defense and
0: they have con- consistently schemed around a a ridiculous offensive line to put up points well I don't no there's no problem with the offense right now, other than you got to find your quarterback and I'd like to have a drop back passing game, but you could argue by the way, you could argue the counter you could absolutely say we don't have the personnel to have a drop back passing game we're not elite enough at receiver, and we can't block it up
1: yeah perhaps that's you a lesson, argue that that's a lesson to take to maybe you know glimpse of the Miami game, but you might be able to have a drop back all, uh, passing offense over the next few weeks you should yeah,
0: and i well but it also depends on who's playing quarterback so uh if he's healthy enough, they will. They will. If he's healthy enough, they're going to start, in my mind, I, I suppose, they're going to start McKenzie Milton if he's able to go. And he can take, I don't know, throw the
1: ball 20, 25 times in a game. Yeah, I wonder what that conversation was like. We won't hear about it until the end of the season. But you take physical punishment in a game. One was damn near a targeting foul that wasn't yes, called. it wasn't called, yeah. But after that, you feel fine. You talk to your trainer. That conversation must be interesting, you know, where you say – you know what? I'm I think right. I'm okay. And yeah. I wonder if that influences how much you're willing to do in practice during the week because now the fear is gone.
0: I hope. I don't know. You know, I, he knows his body, and, and we'll see. Uh, yeah, oftentimes you wonder, and you always like to hear this, uh, does it become a pain tolerance thing, or is he at risk of actually injuring himself again? And if it's a, if it's a risk to injury, it's a little bit dicier situation as opposed to uh, pain tolerance because tort all exists. So there, there, is, there is that. I know it's college, I'm just saying, elective shots or something, you know, can be done. Um, so, I, I don't know, I'll be curious to see how that plays out. You brought up don't something... Don't you
1: tell Im- him what to put in his body.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I do want to say this. Uh, we got it, I've been on this from the jump, and a, and I got a lot of pushback when I started on this, because it, it is anti, it is not PC for me to say this. Uh the targeting rule is stupid, and we should get rid of it completely. I, college football has a problem. This does not exist in the NFL.
1: Yeah, the Monday night game. Was what a, the
0: hell are we doing? A can we play some damn football? I'm not trying to be this uneducated heathen who's just you know a Neanderthal saying, hey, go play football, man up. I get it. If you can employ safety measures that are reasonable and do not affect the integrity of the game, then you do so. This affects the integrity of the game it has for years, and they get it so very wrong all the damn time. You've got to figure out how to negotiate a fine line in real speed, and it's very difficult to do for officials, especially old-ass officials, but anyhow, of intent and or accidental helmet-to-helmet, and really, frankly, you wear the helmets for a reason— as long as you're not leading with the crown of the helmet intentionally, which has always been a rule, it has always been a rule, you could throw that flag in 1974 just like you can today, but it is so infrequent because players simply do not choose to tackle that way 99% of the time because guess what? They don't want to break their neck and nobody teaches it that way. So almost by definition, anytime you see actual targeting, it's incidental. It may look bad because guess what? Football's violent. And if you're choosing to play now thoroughly educated of the impact of CTE, if you're choosing to play football, then you're choosing, just like a NASCAR driver chooses, to engage in very dangerous activity. But you've made that choice, and you can't legislate the violence out of the game. That's a big part of the game. They get it right in the NFL. Guys get busted up helmet to helmet all the time in the league. And guess what the refs do? It's football. Second down. Let's go. Yeah, they
1: experimented with a protocol that was stricter than college, and it was gone by, I don't know, a month later? The thing I think there there's an answer here if there wasn't a stigma on soccer being a game for wimps or something along well, those lines. Well, they don't
0: do them themselves any favors rolling around the ground for half an hour agreed. and bumps them,
1: but I'm talking about the card system. Yellow oh, card, yeah, red yellow card. card yeah. Okay, so it's not about necessarily intent to injure. You're not trying to spike somebody in the calf, but if you're coming at somebody yeah. who's you got the ball decision. from a dangerous place, it's a yellow and we're moving on here or there's a clear disadvantage that's coming up for your team yeah, and so no, you're trying to through, yeah. Yes, right that's like a pi call but if there is intent to injure straight red we're done here yeah, but if there's usually... a dangerous play where you're out of control and i can't trust you to, tr- to even protect your own body and that's the way i'd phrase it i can't trust you to protect your own body that's a yellow man if it happens again you're gone
0: yeah but again i i would argue that is almost impossible to truly know because so often when they go send these things to review and we when we slow it down frame by frame everything looks violent everything looks intentional everything looks like oh well we gotta we gotta throw the flag here we gotta throw that guy out because if i dive here if i take an angle you know where i'm going if i sure. take an angle here and you decide at the last minute that you don't want to get your ribs caved ribs caved in and you duck down now i'm into the side of your helmet yes and that,
1: damn it man this was a play that was debated on sunday on sunday during the broadcast for the late hit on the sideline on Gant. I yes i believe it was gantt who got flagged for yes that. it was but they asked in the booth, and McIlroy said, I'm not a big fan of this call. He's committed before the player's out of bounds. And the official, they brought John Perry in, who said the same thing. Said, the problem is the defender makes the decision before the actual ball carrier is out of bounds. Now, do I like that he tries to drive him into the ground? No. Probably not. But if you're talking about a late hit, how can you penalize a defender for making a decision when... At the point of decision, it's still a legal play. I like that that's at least becoming part of the conversation. We have been talking about this for going on 10 years now. But I like that it's starting to make it onto the TV broadcast because then the general public may put this whole thing in a position where the NCAA says, what the hell are we doing?
0: Well, they should have already said this. We've seen countless kids get kicked out of huge games in big national championship games. What are we doing? Stop it
1: yeah Jamie Robinson missed the half for two years ago. It's, it's just
0: it's just the dumbest damn thing and it's it's a big problem specifically in college football you don't see this in the NFL I don't see it in the Canadian Football League I don't see it anywhere else but college football they it's under the banner of trying to protect the kids look man again, I understand why you try to institute certain rules for safety, but this affects the integrity of the game and football's a violent game. And we're now all educated. Everybody now knows football's violent, and there are repercussions for some people who play football. All right, well, let's go. that's it. That's it. We're done. That's it. You just lay that out there to all the kids. Now, you guys know you can get hurt. Maybe a time that you bump heads.
1: Yes, but you'd allow for leeway in situations oh, where it was yeah. an egregious foul to throw a oh, flag or throw somebody out of the game. Oh, yeah? uh, th-
0: they're all, that rule was always in place. You could always do that. You're just enforcing your same rules from yesteryear. If a guy hits a quarterback under the chin with the crown of his helmet, right. three seconds after he's thrown the ball, boom, you're gone. But well, that was always the
1: rule. I know what you're saying. It's just when you take that stance, it sounds like carte blanche, man. CTE, no CTA. No, it's not a free-for-all. No, yeah. free
0: yeah. There are rules here, Smokey. I'm just saying that we can always adhere to these rules. They were already in place. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War TV. Jeff Cameron Show, Balls McWednesday, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV, and you, thanks for being here. Thank you, Eric. That's my daily thank you to Eric for your contributions to the Jeff Cameron Show and all that we're attempting to get accomplished here. We do appreciate that. Uh, Luke wants to know, Jeff and Tom, scuttlebucks, still a thing? Uh, We don't know. Negotiations have bogged down
1: Well last I talked I do have an update on that for you Okay Since we didn't spend any time on it In the pre-show meeting But uh, Lee is talking to the crew And they're trying to finalize it now for us But Lee has uh, stepped up to the plate To handle the negotiations That's good to hear Because Lee is a big fan of the show Like many of you out there It's a good show It's a fun show
0: to do uh, You know We'll see how it goes Because we've got a lot of shows So
1: There are a lot of shows There are shows. a lot of shows yeah. Many shows so
0: many shows. I've got another one tonight and two or three tomorrow. Are you telling me you would like me to
1: tell Lee to stop no, the process? No, I'll do
0: Scuttlebucks. I'll be happy to do Scuttlebucks. <laughs> it'll be one of the
1: many shows that I do. We'll keep it to 40 to 45 minutes then. Yeah. Never a minute more? Is that what that, you're telling me? Right. Okay. The show yeah, is going to be 40
0: yeah. minutes long, and we're in and out the door. That's how that works. But it'll be fun to do because we're talking about the reigning world champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who gets started tomorrow. How about that? That's the other thing. Sweet Jesus, college football starts, we get excited, we all get excited, we dive in, here we go, we're in the deep end, let's go, let's get the information out there, let's analyze, let's overreact, let's pontificate, let's uh, project, do all those things, and then, oh wait a minute, wait a minute, we gotta make room! The NFL is here, everybody. Make way.
1: Well, typically that's a game between, I don't know, the Chiefs and... Not the, the reigning world the, champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's correct. Now we get to play in those Thursday games because we're what? The reigning world champions. Hello, my mm. friend. Hello. You're damn right. Hello, Neil. Uh, I yeah. wonder if that'll get the video pinged. We'll see.
0: Oh, that was pretty quick. I mean, I, you were in and out of there. I think we're all right. Uh, so, you know, I do think, and I was reading on Twitter during the break, I haven't forgotten my Twitter people, especially when we get to the midway point of the week. We pack so much in now that a lot of this has to be segmented and we get in and out of whatever the take is or whatever the conversation talking point is. And like tomorrow is Redemption Thursday. By the way, I went seven and one on my Redemption Thursday picks last week, or it wasn't eight and one. I I lost track of all the wins, but, but we'll, I'll, I'll have some more picks for you tomorrow. On that Metro Deli menu, man. I'll have some more winners for you tomorrow, I hope. Uh, but uh, John had an observation, and I think maybe, John, this is just uh, a very select group that you're referring to because I think most people do understand uh, what you pointed out here. Uh, he said uh, at Jay Cameron show, had a double-digit lead to oh, – he said, uh, I'm not getting why people aren't slash didn't see how Notre Dame had two different game plans for the quarterback on the field they had an attacking plan for Travis to take away his legs and make him have to throw the ball. And when KZ was in, they respected his arm talent and abilities to read the defense, had a double-digit lead to, to uh, so to prevent not to give up chunk plays, and to let FSU help shorten the game. At the end of the day, I'm proud of the team. Great things are coming. Thanks for what you guys do. Well, thanks, John. I really appreciate the compliment and the kind words. I do think people understand that. I think the bulk of football fans understand that uh, the defense played those two quarterbacks differently not just because of their individual skill sets but also because of the time in the game and the score. Uh, and, and, and that allows yeah, no- be- Notre
1: Dame had backed off on Travis at 38-20. to 20. They right. backed off on everything that we did and that was foolish, we think, on yeah, their part, right? I thought it was
0: foolish, yeah. I, I, I think they, they went into it... Hey, what do fans always complain about? When you go into... And all fans will call it the pre even if it's not, even if it's just a soft shell. But one thing to note... Is most fans will say when you're sitting on a lead like that, uh, you know, the prevent, as the kids like to say, will, will prevent you from winning. Well, if you're a Notre Dame fan and you watch that, you were screaming that at your television because that was kind of true. Like, don't do that. <laughs> you, you let somebody back in the game with relative ease. Uh, it was a numbers game, and we went to running the football uh, against an outmaned front, and we just destroyed it, and they were getting chunk
1: plays on the ground. What's interesting is it took us one first down to figure that out, though. If you well, look at yeah. the first few plays, the play that actually got this whole thing going, if we win this football game, one of the plays we're going to look at and say that's a turning point was when Travis breaks the pocket, rolls right, and hits Keyshawn Helton, mm-hmm. and Helton gets Flattened yes, he from does. his back, and he goes yeah. face first face into third. the turf. Holds on to the ball, though. He did. He did. Keyshawn yeah. actually made two or three really big catches. Yeah. In this game. Also,
0: the best throw of the night was the throw to Keyshawn yep. in the middle of the field, down by the goal line. That is. Oh yeah. yeah. That was uh, next that's level. That's
1: anticipation.
0: Yep. That's what that is. Well, we figured it out and took it, and we were patient. So, you know, again, a lot more good than bad here. Um, and Sean, you pointed something out. No, I, I get this. You said you don't need to block it up. Jeff, quick release over the middle was there all-damn game. Yeah, for this game, it was, and there were moments that he's got to hit that or recognize it and get the ball out, and he didn't. But teams are going to scheme differently for when KZ's in. They're not going to leave that open all-game, and you will then have to block it up because they'll take that away, and you'll get behind the chains, and they'll bring pressure, and he can't move nearly as well, and they can't block.
1: Yeah, Agreed. It's because of the quarterback that it's open yes! all game, especially after the first couple of drives where you see, oh man, all right, so he's going to be rat trapping. We don't have to worry about this, this, and this. Let's just bring pressure. They also had our snap countdown. We got to vary that a little bit. Uh, anytime we tried to, it seemed like we got a false start. But that throw to Helton from Milton, I don't know that, that was open. I think that's thrown open. I don't know that that was open. Like, that's just one hell of a throw especially to be able to see that over the linebacker level. I mean, that, that wire cam view of that throw, they came back to it two plays later on the, on the broadcast. Jesus, that is faith. There is faith uh, in that throw. Well,
0: it's also... It's
1: not like, why the hell, but you're like, he's jumping up and down.
0: Well, this is... We get into a discussion a lot when we talk about McKenzie Milton and the understanding of the passing game and how the, routes, the combination of routes work together and it gets what look. He's further along. He's had more experience doing it and more success doing it. He's also a better passer. So that combination of skills and understanding make him the more formidable option as a passer and a passing offense. Obviously, he's going to take some risks, but it's an educated risk based on the understanding of the defense he just saw pre-snap and what we're running. So you don't get that with Jordan. You just don't get He is not as nuanced yet. Now, maybe someday he'll get there. I think the biggest disappointment of this game is that we did not see the translation from practice as a passer and the day-to-day successes that we saw from Jordan Travis in camp on the field Sunday night. That didn't happen. He began to rat trap. He had
1: happy feet from, from the jump. Yeah, this is a really simple debate, isn't it? I mean, right. if, if Mackenzie Milton isn't a one-legged man who can play 80 snaps a game and your offensive line is not the 2018 offensive line here at Florida State, if those three things are true, then he's your starter. Yeah, no, it's not hard. It's really not. No. But the question is, is he a one-legged man or not?
0: Well, and that is the other part of it is that there's nuance to the discussion. You can't just say, he throws it better, play him. That's not how this works. If that was the case, they would have started him, but he missed a bunch of practice. He'd still be at UCF throwing—he would have well, never left their program. Right. So I mean, Or he would look, have gone somewhere better. You know, at, at, I do hope, for all of our sake, that he is able to be at practice. You know, when, when they're installing the game plan, he's out there repping it, and he's able to prepare properly week to week, that he's in good enough health to do so. Um, obviously you root root for the young man in that situation because of all he's had to overcome, but also let's just be selfish about it for a second and admit Florida State has the chance to throw the football with a much higher degree of effectiveness if he's your quarterback.
1: Well, let's also realize, too, that if you take care of business in this situation on Saturday, he's not playing a full game anyway. You can ramp him up and get ready for the roadie at Wake Forest. If you do what you're supposed to do on offense and defense, you're going to play multiple quarterbacks in this game, maybe three of them, maybe more if you handle business. so He shouldn't have to have 80 snaps this week. No. This should be an easing on in to the Wake Forest week, as long as well, something crazy doesn't happen on the field on Saturday and he gets dinged up again.
0: That's where I hate. I, you, you have a love-hate relationship with these nothing games, with these small schools that uh, obviously it helps them make their athletic budget and all that good stuff, but no, nobody here cares about that. I don't. But uh, on the other hand, I would say uh, – I, I hate this game because we all know the game is the Wake Forest game, and you feel like you're just kind of. Eh. But we I mean, got some things to sort out, though, and that's why you love it. Yes, yeah. love hate, right? You can work some things out. You can find some rhythm in a game like this. You can figure out what your offense is with McKenzie as the full time guy. If he becomes that, is he that? What you know? Do we? You know also, what do you want to show? So there's just a lot to, to take in here. I do want a lot of guys to play. I do want a lot of guys to get opportunities. I agree with you at the same time, I'm so anxious for this weight game. I just can't think of a game I've been more excited to see. and I know everybody was excited about this Notre Dame game, and of course, I was, it was the home opener right after Bobby. I knew the tribute would be there had passed and all and there was a lot of energy and it was an incredible night and it was great for recruits and it's uh, overall plus for the program, even in defeat. But we've always circled the weight game as the whole season. Well,
1: that has got to be a payoff.
0: You got to go win the damn game. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of pressure on Mike Norvell, this staff, and those kids for that road weight game. Who always wake? It's just bizarre. Jeff Cameron, Show 933 Real Talk, Radio War Chia TV. Jeff Cameron Show, three three Real Talk Radio, Balls McWednesday Edition. Hello, good to be with you. Glad to be with you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, <clears throat> listen up, everybody. Indescribably good ticket giveaway. Thanks to our friends at Zaxby's. You want to score a pair of indescribably good 50-yard line seats to FSU's next home game, thanks to Tallahassee Zaxby's, you can. When are we giving this away, by the way?
1: Oh, you'll see. It's on the bottom line. It's like today. So people need to act now.
0: Oh, I was going to say, it's going it's, it's to happen next hour.
1: That's right. Well, let's get We're not going to announce it on the show. Yeah, we're going to well, pick the winner and then we'll did. reach out to you. Oh, yeah. okay. I yeah. got gotcha.
0: you. So this, the waiting moments for you to do this, what I'm about to ask you to do in order to win these 50-yard line seats. But let's get on it, because I know a lot of you took great footage of the Bobby Bowden tribute for perhaps at halftime. Uh, which was amazing with Amazing Grace and and uh, and the lights and everything. If you did that, you could submit something like that, for example, and that that might be a winner. It could be you guys doing a cake stand out in the parking lot, which is very different than the Bobby Bowden. Tribute. I
1: think we're going to choose a variety of things. Yeah. And Yes, both of those, if they get posted, might be a good chance to win. Yeah. yeah
0: so here, here's here's
1: what you got. Not we're not telling people to do keg stands, but if you did, we're not you know. telling
0: you not to do them either. I'm just saying that's. Uh, here's what you do: head to Twitter cesspool that is twitter tag at Warchant and at zaxby's send us a photo or video showing why you love being a knoll so i gave you some ideas there so again you could you could do all that stuff
1: if any of you can flag down tom block as he's walking Doing into the keg stadium stand, the and professional to come over and do a keg stand at oh, your win. tailgate You'll you win 50 you immediately for life. win you immediately win <laughs>
0: Yeah, you do. Uh, so here's the deal. We'll capture your reaction and all that good stuff as you submit it to us. Find at, him. At WarChant, at Zaxby's. And uh, the game of the week, that's the, the upcoming game. Today's the day. We'll find the uh, best post there on Twitter. And uh, you'll win 50-yard line seats thanks to our friends at Zaxby's. How great is that?
1: They're good seats, too. Well they're 50 line seats, you can't beat them. They're thirty rows up so you can see the other perfect, side of the field. Perfect, You know, fifties are great no matter where you are, but if you're front row, like you you've got to watch the jumbotron and yeah, you get the bench. Toughie. You know, that, that's a different experience. It's I'd much one, rather but... be
0: all the way at the top yep. than all the way at the bottom. Yep. Although last year during the Boston was it the Boston College game? I can't remember which game it was. So I was down on the fifty front row, very first row, listening to uh Players and coaches, and, and that's always fun to get their interaction.
1: It is fun, especially you know, back in the old days. If it's a game that you're going to win by eighty, like that, you would rather see how the operation is run because mm-hmm. you know how the football mm-hmm. game is going to play out. But yeah. let's see how the operation is run on the sidelines. Anyway, at any rate, these are perfect seats, so sign up now.
0: Yeah, uh, I want to point out, by the way, uh, we didn't, we did not ice our own kicker. That's come up a lot, both in the chat, on my Twitter, and in email. We did not ice our own kicker. Uh, It is your job as a coach to give your player the best possible chance to succeed and put them in the best position to succeed. Uh, We challenged that play because it was clearly an incomplete pass, Uh, and in doing so, you improved the uh, yardage attempt by 13 yards. You go from a 50-yarder to a 37-yarder. He only made the 50-yarder because he knew it didn't count, and he kicked rather easily after the whistle had blown. Go back and watch it. He's—it's enough. There's a no-result kick. Taking place there. The 37 yarder is uh, lined up and he knows what's on the line. And that's unfortunate because he made a very important kick, obviously, at the end of regulation. So it's not to say he can't make kicks because had that kick not been made and the only attempt we saw with something on the line was the miss. Our grave concerns preseason would still be with us. They may still be, but we know it's in him to make an important kick now because we saw it. Right. We also saw him miss one.
1: It looks like he likes to work the ball right to left. He's a draw flight. He likes to draw. The cut shot, I'm not so sure. I don't need – hey,
0: listen. If you've got a natural draw, play that thing. That's I, what but, you do.
1: Yeah, that means you've got to angle yourself.
0: Well, look, <laughs> we don't need to get into a detailed conversation about kicks. He's going to be all right.
1: He's a left half. I'm just a little concerned. That's all
0: a shame too man a game shouldn't have ended that way and really it wouldn't have had to if we could snap the ball
1: that that's correct there's a real good chance that we just win the game outright right then and there that
0: is correct if we could snap the damn ball yeah yeah that's got to get fixed up that's got
1: also Uh, they called uh, on the third down play that we ended up having to challenge they showed uh, a listener sent us a screenshot i don't know if you saw this on twitter yep he was open. He's you have open. an unblocked defender. It's more than we can block. There was no blown assignment no, there. No, no, no. no. It's open. If McKenzie could have cut it loose, it's a difficult ask, but it's schemed up for Cam McDonald, and there he was. Wide open. First down. It's a toughie Probably time. first and goal. Probably. Might win the game then. Probably going to win you know, the game. You know, if we score the touchdown to lead off overtime, you think we win? I think the oh, defense makes a stand. I think the defense makes a stand. Yeah. I, Notre Dame looked beat up and tired.
0: Yeah. I, I think Damn it. Listen, if you're Notre Dame, you got out of that stadium the other night feeling lucky. It's not that they're not a good team, and it's not that they won't go on to get better and do some things, uh, but their run game was completely shut down, and I think if you're a Notre Dame fan, you're slightly concerned given the schedule of teams that you face who can stop the run, because I'm here to tell you, and maybe he'll prove me wrong throughout the course of the season, and if he does, I will credit him for doing so. Jack ain't playing like that every week, folks. It isn't going to happen. There's nothing in the resume to suggest it will. Now, maybe he's improved because he got the hell out of Wisconsin. And all quarterbacks who play quarterback at Wisconsin look like they suck. So maybe, maybe just getting out of that sorry offense has allowed him to blossom. Perhaps, perhaps.
1: Yeah, if I'm a Notre Dame fan leaving Dope Campbell that night, my name is Connor O'Keefe. I'm getting in the car. <laughs> I say to my wife... That D-line for Florida State better be really good, because if it isn't, we've got real problems this year. Yeah, But, but I based think on reputation, yeah. he would come down and say, oh, yeah, we're yeah. going to roll over these well, guys. and it
0: looked like they would at 38-20. Yeah,
1: yeah. Even without the run, though. Right,
0: yeah, even without the run. You'd still be a little concerned. But you'd reflect, yeah.
1: so Jack, huh? Jack Cohn? Boy, that Florida State D-line better be the truth, because if it's not, Mary, we got real issues.
0: I will tell you this really quick. we got a break. Um, we like the defensive line. Uh, not just because they were going against our offensive line in camp. There were a lot of things we liked about their technique, their size, their speed. And, you know, listen, it's not as if we didn't point to uh, old number 11 there from from the jump and say, well, that's different. That guy right there looks a lot different.
1: In spring, first day, you're like, oh, okay. Uh,
0: I said, holy hell, who's that? Uh, And it translated, he's a
1: menace. Jermaine, tell your friends in Athens, if they're not getting enough snaps – they can, they can find you can some down, down here. Down. Come we'll on down. We'll take you
0: on down. There's a lot of goodness here. It's Jeff Cameron 933 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Nice, old school. Right. Uh, so I would say this, uh, and I think about these things. We were just talking about concentration and how difficult it is. Uh, you know, it's so easy for all of us to say, "Hey, make kicks." Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, it's hard to do. Uh. It, you know these are human beings. There's a lot on the line. Things happen. Uh, you got to try to find a guy that's able to do that in those moments, obviously. And the world searches for them. And it, when you finally find one, it is, whoo, liberating. We know as Tampa Bay fans that last year, a lot of meaningful kicks in the postseason or leading to the postseason. And then at at, at Green Bay, obviously, there was a really big kick. And oh. to have a guy go out there and execute flawlessly, you go. My God, we found the guy. Because the Bucks had churned through several that couldn't.
1: Yes, and what he had done in that moment was he cleaned up some mistakes from the offense and a complete yeah. brain fart from the old man, from yeah. the GOAT himself. Yeah, Whatever the hell they did the two plays before was basically concede the drive and say, Ryan, you take the ball. Yeah,
0: well, and Ryan can only dead. do that. Like the, the, the intentional throw into the ground on a play that's busted up, actually I think it's a smart move. He knows, like, well, screw it, we're in field goal range. I trust that dude. He's making the kick. I'm not going to cost his points here by trying to improvise on a busted play. Uh So – You know, it's pretty remarkable when you find a guy like that, but they're not easy to come by. And even those guys go through these mental lapses where they can't find it anymore. And then they're out of the league. And like four years later, you look up, you're like, oh, that guy's back in the league because he got a tryout somewhere because he was once good, and he found whatever magic, whatever voodoo allowed him to get through those pressure-packed moments at one time in his career. But kicking is really hard, and you just – it's fascinating. I love talking to like sports psychologists. I do it on the golf show all the time, uh, which is on SiriusXM tonight, PGA Tour Channel ninety two uh, at nine o'clock. But we we get those guys on with golfers all the time, and I always feel like golfers and kickers are very similar. It's an individual thing, and in, th- in that case, it's a team game, but it's a very individual thing where you have to execute not a golf swing but a kick under a pressure pack moment. Whatever it is that allows you not to not feel the nerves because you're always going to feel the nerves, but rather hyper-focus on the little things that lead to proper technique and execution. And there's, it's different for everybody. You know, I, I once spoke to a, a sports psychologist on that show who said that he tells his golfers at the start of every round to write the date on the scorecard. You can only play today's round. You can only play the game today. There's nothing about tomorrow's round that should be in your head or what happened yesterday. Boy, that's catchy. Today's date. And he does it. And sometimes today. Yeah, it's all about here. And if you want, if you need to hyperfocus on each shot for whatever reason, he says you can you can write something next to the hole on the card for every whatever that reminder is. It could be a dot. It could be a picture. It could be something that allows you to think of the moment here, this tee shot, the next shot. And I find that fascinating. That may not work for me. might work for you. I don't know. Everybody's different. But those guys, it's their job to figure out what that is. It's almost like if you got a guy who has the physical tools kicking in on your team, and certainly if you get a scholarship to come to a place like Florida State, then you have those tools. You need a sports psychologist to pull him aside and say, here's what we're going to work on. Because I know you can kick it. You wouldn't be here if you couldn't kick it. So let's get to, let's get to whatever allows you to focus on the proper technique, which leads to proper execution.
1: Yeah, it's more fun to look back on the memories of winning a Super Bowl. Ryan Suckup was instrumental for our uh, championship-winning Tampa Bay Buccaneers to get over the top. But once you do that, you can go back to the darker times a little bit and take a look at some other kickers that were in Tampa, one of which was Kyle Brinza. Remember Kyle Brinza? Oh, God, I'd forgotten. Okay. Kyle Brinza would have hit 70 and 75-yard kicks in the NFL. I'm convinced of it.
0: Nobody hit further kicks. He had a leg for the ages.
1: They're over the uprights at 58 yards. It was insane. It is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But he didn't find whatever catchy little thing. He needed to have it. Yes.
0: Well, he clearly had it in college. Yep. So it's just the weirdest deal. Well, obviously all well, you Matt gotta...
1: Gay did, and then he found it on the West Coast. Well,
0: and the guy that was the all American here had it yeah. and got drafted yep. way yep. too highly by the Bucks and then lost it and never found it again and is out of the league. You blame the Bucks for that, right? Kinda. I mean, I would have never done that. That's that's a lot of undue pressure.
1: Like if you had to put, you know, a, a little blurb about his career. And you well, say, uh, no, it I mean, got you ruined gotta, because, dot, 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 you, now, is it the Bucs? Ultimately,
0: you do have to make kicks. I mean, I, listen, the Bucks. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Hour number two, fourth quarter. stay with.